excellence is not perfection because perfection is is almost like a mirage. It's not even something that's truly feasible to attain because there's only one entity that's perfect and that's God. And so when we strive for perfection versus excellence, we're going to always be disappointed because there's always room for growth. Welcome to the Faith Inspire podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith-inspired to tackle the messy and embrace the beautiful areas of life. We're going to meet you right where you're at, right when you need it, by helping you live a less stressed, more joy-filled life lived by bold faith and walking in obedience. You have a God-sized calling, but you don't have to choose between your sanity or juggling it all. We'll keep you one step ahead, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Because faith is not just a belief. It's a lifestyle. Come on, let's get it. How do you look at your mistakes? Do you look at them as opportunities or failures? If you're a perfectionist like me, you may view them as the latter. And as Christians, we try to hold ourselves to excellence, but we can often cross the line to what God never called us to be. Perfect. My guest, Reverend Jocelyn Jones, is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur. She holds a master's degree in theological studies, is an ordained minister, and is the founder of Faith on the Journey Counseling. With her extensive background, Jocelyn has achieved a lot, but has had to fight perfectionism. However, because of our good God, she has found strategies that work to combat perfectionism and was gracious enough to share them with me. If you carry the heavy burden of perfectionism, Jocelyn's insights will help you start your breakthrough journey. So let your perfectionist guard down and soak in the words and wisdom as Jocelyn shares her strategies to break free from the grips of perfectionism. Hey, Jocelyn, thanks so much for being on the Faith Inspired Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm just thrilled to have you here, really because our topic today is one that I have dealt with my whole life, perfectionism. (laughs) And it's one that many women either, I think, wear as a badge of honor or fight against daily. And for me, I try to fight against it daily because it can halt me in my tracks. And I can imagine that something that perfectionism has done for you as you've gone through life and you have an extensive background of degrees and achievements. So I'd love for you to start off by really giving a little bit about yourself, like telling us who you are and then your journey of perfectionism. Sure. Well, yes, I grew up in a South suburb of Chicago, two parents, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my father, he was a larger-than-life personality. He was a 10th degree black belt, world-renowned in his space. And he also worked in corporate America. And my father, in my relationship with him, it was close, but he always pushed for excellence as it relates to the things that we did. And as a child, I interpreted 
excellence as perfectionism. And I think that's where the seed was planted because as I look back over my life, I was involved in many sports. I loved to sing. And, you know, there was different things that I enjoyed doing. But when it came to the actual performance, when it came to actual game time on the basketball court or when I was invited to sing a solo, I would freak out because I was afraid of messing up. And so that was a constant for me in terms of instead of trying to try out for the varsity basketball team or instead of going out for that role, instead of risking failure, I just wouldn't try because I was afraid of making a mistake. And and that's something that as we're diving into this topic more, we realize that it holds you back from really achieving the things that God has for you when you're so afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. That just goes straight straight home to me right now in my heart because that, you know, before podcast episodes, and I've shared this before on other episodes, before recording with the guests, I do get a little nervous. And part of my mind goes straight to, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you know, I just, I want to shut down and I don't want to do this anymore. And I get so nervous. And it's because my mind goes to the perfectionism. I keep thinking that I have to be perfect at it. My words have to be perfect and that the Lord can't use me. And so that's why I'm just so thankful for you to be on today because that's just a message that women need to hear that we can do things and not be perfect at them. And that's okay. So as I mentioned, I really do battle this perfectionism. What are some strategies that you can really put in place to battle perfectionism? What did you put in place after you had just years of your dad instilling this thought of excellence and really having this thought that you had to do it perfect? What strategies did you use to get past that? Well, it took time and I'm still working. I call myself a recovering perfectionist because it sneaks back up in terms of certain expectations that we have for ourselves. And I think that that's the first strategy is sometimes our expectations for ourselves are not realistic. They're not healthy and they're not kind. We put so much pressure on ourselves to perform in a certain way. And when the outside world, they're not expecting that. But this pressure comes from within. And I think there's some confusion or a distortion that we have around where our value comes from. Because our value does not come from the work that we do, our performance. Our value comes from Christ. It comes from God. But somewhere along the way, we might have, maybe for me as a child, I might have gotten those accolades and felt like, oh, I'm important because I did well. I performed. And we associate that with our worth. And so when we fail, when we make mistakes, we end up saying, oh, I'm a failure. Now my value is not there. No, our value doesn't come from that. And so I think one of the things we have to understand is where our worth comes from, our value comes from, and that comes from God. That's rooted regardless of how well you perform, no matter what you do. So that's first and foremost. And then going back to what I said earlier, having kind, realistic expectations for ourselves and showing ourselves grace and redefining you know, how we look at mistakes. I know we'll probably talk about that a little bit later, but I think that for, for me, one of the biggest hangups I had is when I did make mistakes, I would just spiral and I would ruminate <laughs> on the mistakes that I would make. And sometimes the mistakes weren't even something that I did. It was just something that might have went wrong. I'll give the perfect example. 
I remember when I wrote my book and I had this big event. It was a book launch event. And all my friends and family came out for this. It was such a special night. I worked so hard for this evening. And during the program, something went wrong with the sound for one of the videos that we were showing. And I remember freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, the sound is going wrong and people can't hear. And, you know, we've resolved the issue maybe about five minutes into it. But after the event, I remember focusing so much on the fact that the sound went wrong. It went out versus the fact that my family came out. It was a beautiful event. People had a great time. I had this celebratory moment and this big accomplishment. But I was focusing on this little speck of the evening that went wrong and I'm missing the moment. I think when you struggle with perfectionism, you miss moments because you're so focused on the outcome versus the journey. And so we have to learn to shift our focus. And when things don't necessarily go as planned or if mistakes happen, say, you know what, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Life still happens and it can still be a beautiful experience. And so I guess the last point I want to make as it relates to that is summing up that story is let's focus on our journey, the beautiful moments that are taking place around us versus the outcome that we perceived because the outcome at the end of the day, we're not in control. I think perfectionism has a lot to do with wanting to control things. God is in control. And so we're able to release and have open hands as it relates to situations and and realizing that certain things, if I made a mistake, okay, I'll learn from it. If it's something that happened that I didn't like, well, maybe I couldn't control it, but regardless, it happened. Let me move forward and let me just look at things from the eyes of being grateful and knowing that things will be okay. So you mentioned it and let's talk about it. How do you view mistakes as opportunities to grow rather than viewing them as failures? Because like you said, that takes away from that time with your friends and family when you had that experience. I mean, I've had that, I think as a perfectionist, everyone has experienced this as a perfectionist is you do ruminate on that situation. And where the individuals at your event probably didn't even focus on that five minutes after it happened. They had walked away from that. They they, they hadn't even thought about it again. And that was the only thing that you were thinking about. And so how do you view those mistakes or those situations that arise that you can't control? How do you view them as more opportunities than really as failures? Good question. You know, I, I think the main thing that's helped me is just looking at the fact that mistakes are inevitable. It's a part of the process, especially when we are moving forward, for example, in our career or in our relationship or in life, is inevitable. So if you look at it as a part of the process and mistakes are great opportunities, as you mentioned, for learning, for growth, especially if you take time to reflect and say, okay, like if, for example, a mistakes happen in your workplace, okay, well, that happened. How can we learn from this? How can we adjust for the future? And and also it gives space for you to see God's grace in the situation. You know, we're imperfect people that God chose to use for a greater work. And we look at how in our weakness, in our struggles, God is able to shine through. 
And we can see that God is using imperfect people for great things. And so if we were perfect beings, we wouldn't need God. And so in my weakness, this is where God shines through. And and so I, I look at it as, you know, when I think back over my life and how I've been able to do certain things, I know the truth. People might think it's me. And I'm like, no, it is God. Because <laughs> if you knew how jacked up I really am, <laughs> you would see, you know, in this imperfect vessel what God can do. And that's that's something that excites me. I think it's a, a paradigm shift. And through the mistakes and through the grunt and through all of that, looking at how the journey, how the journey has been, it's been rough. I've made wrong terms, but yet still God has been so good that he's allowed for me to make it through these circumstances to the other side, to have breakthroughs, to be able to do amazing things. And so the mistakes help to form my faith in God's faithfulness. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful, and I love that. Thank you for explaining it as a journey and not as something that we need to get right all the time. I have a question that just popped in my head, and it relates to last night. My husband came home, and he mentioned that he had made a mistake at work, and he was so cool, calm, and collected about it. And for me, I tried to, I put myself in his place and I was like, man, I would be freaking out. I'd think, and it wasn't that big of a deal, but in my head, I was like, I'd be thinking like, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to get in trouble? You know, all these things of how I would react to it. So I wonder in your experience of working with people, is there a difference between men and women and how they handle situations or is it more personality based? I think it's more conditioning. Doesn't matter if it's man or woman, it's just based on your life experiences, your beliefs, your thoughts, and how they have taken root and how you've lived your life based on that for so long. I think that in terms of my personal experience, I mentioned what happened with me as a child. It wasn't anything traumatic, you know, that caused me to adopt this perfectionist belief, but someone else might have had experiences where they were forced to be perfect or there were repercussions around that. Uh, And so their perfectionism could be based on their trauma that they experienced. So I think life, I think teaching, all these different things can play a role in forming someone to feel like they have to be perfect. And, And this is something, the good news is God made us where we can break that cycle. We can change. We don't have to continue to live out as a perfectionist. Neuroplasticity is something that, you know, neuroscientists talk a lot about. So rewiring the brain. And so in a case like what you described with your husband, I don't know his backstory or if he ever struggled with perfectionism, but I can assure you at some point, if you were to go through that same situation, if you worked on this perfectionism belief to rewire your brain so that you don't spiral, that you don't ruminate, and you learn certain skills to break that cycle, you could have the same response as your husband as it relates to those events. I think learning how to to break to stop the spiral in its tracks, I'll say, because if you know what I mean, if you're a perfectionist, you can spiral. (laughs) And so being able to identify your triggers when they happen and say, wait, 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 Mm -mm. I'm I'm not going to go there just because my boss said they want to meet with me at three o'clock does not mean I'm about to get fired. It does not mean that, you know, they didn't like my report, you know, and and just kind of looking back. And I think a big piece of it is also reflecting and asking the questions, 
asking the questions around, okay, why? Why did I get so anxious when that happened? Was there truth in anything that took place? When I look back at the outcome, was it what I anticipated or did things work out? You know, asking these questions about the root and and God's truth as it relates to these things and contrasting that, I think can really help anyone, whether you are a perfectionist or you're a recovering perfectionist or whatever you want to call it, to really get beyond the place of being stuck in that place. Mm, questions are always key. And that does make sense bringing it back to my husband. He has been taught through his leadership positions, I think, to deal with situations like that. And so his minor situation wasn't a big deal to him because he's learned and he's been groomed and taught with, um, you know, being a captain just from when he was young, being a captain of his football team and then all throughout his professional career. And so that makes a lot of sense of how he would react a little bit differently than I did. You mentioned your father and how he wanted to instill excellence in you. And I think our good father asks of us excellence, but there's a difference between excellence and perfectionism. And I'd love for you to really explain that because that can get to be a little bit of a fuzzy line for individuals who are Christian, for the women listening who are Christian. You know, we we want to have our lives played out in excellence to give glory to God, but that can easily cross the line of perfectionism. So how do we combat that and what is what are the differences? Good question. Yes. So I look at excellence as striving to do your best and only you know that. And sometimes we don't have the capacity to give our best in certain scenarios due to our bandwidth and all the things that we have going on. And that's where grace comes in. But taking time and care and effort to put into the things that you do, I think that is excellence. It's not based on comparison, which I think can really cause us trouble when we're comparing our excellence to someone else. You know, for me, if I don't have a natural gifting in the area of poetry or art or something like that, but there's someone else who's naturally gifted, if I'm comparing myself to them and saying, you know, I'm not doing a good job, no, that that does not serve you well. But if I know I put the time in, I studied, I did the best that I could, that's excellence for me. But that does not mean it's perfect. Excellence is not perfection because perfection is, is almost like a mirage is not even something that's truly feasible to attain because there's only one entity that's perfect and that's God. And so when we strive for perfection versus excellence, we're going to always be disappointed because there's always room for growth. And it's this idea of perfection of us arriving and no one arrives to the point of perfection, of being completely done as it relates to their journey. I don't care if you're a subject matter expert in your field, doctors, uh, people in all different walks of life and perfectionists are constantly looking to grow and learn more. And so I think we have to shift to saying, Perfection's not attainable. My goal needs to be striving for excellence and being a lifelong learner, growing, doing my best. And, and then that's that's satisfying. And that's something that you can achieve no matter what level you're at in your walk. Thank you for sharing that. You know, God is God's perfection, and we're not 
perfection and we continually need to grow. So that's just a word that I needed to hear because if we keep chasing that facade of perfectionism, we're never going to be at peace and we're never going to feel feel that joy that the Lord wants for us if we're continuing to just be kind of on that hamster wheel of perfectionism. It'll just be cyclical and we'll always be trying to achieve more and more and more. And so just resting in him in that excellence of who we are and who he designed us to be. That's a beautiful word. Thank you so much for that. We are also told to declare the truth over ourselves. So the truth of scripture, the truth of God. I would love to know really what specific scriptures you have used throughout your process, throughout your journey as you've been fighting perfectionism. Yes, I think your point is is key in terms of being able to speak God's word over your life, especially when you're combating certain things like perfectionism or anything that might not be what God has for you. You want to turn that around with truth. And so for me, I, I look at a couple things. When struggling with perfectionism, I often battle anxiety, anxious thoughts. And so I turn to Philippians 4, 6-7 that, that speaks, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, I present my request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. For me, that peace is what I'm seeking because it's a reminder that I don't need to have it all together. (laughs) It's going to work out. I present my request to God. God, help me with the situation and the outcome I give to you. And that peace transcends everything for me. And so that's something that helps me with my anxiety when it gets a little out of control. I also, I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9, which speaks of my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And going back to what I said earlier, when we think about the fact that weakness is a beautiful thing when we realize where our strength comes from when we realize that our strength comes from God. And so in God's strength, I am strong. And so understanding that peace really helps me to accept God's grace and understand why do I have higher expectations for myself than God does? That's not fair. (laughs) You know, so relying on God's grace. And then I think the last one, particularly when I've made mistakes in my life where I've sinned, and I've fallen short, and it's one of those things where I knew better, and yet I still chose to go against God. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I need that scripture in multiple areas of my life. I needed that because it reminded me that no matter how many times I fall, Regardless of the mistakes I've made, God is able to cleanse me. I'm able to be right with Him. And it's okay. I am still someone who He chooses to use as a vessel, and I'm still loved. And so those are some scriptures that really help me through those difficult times. Those are beautiful scriptures, and and God just has such a loving heart. And I think we forget that as we're fighting this perfectionism. I think we also forget, too, you know, about that weakness part and along with that is pride. And so many times in the Bible, it talks about how the Lord turns his heart towards the humble. 
and positions himself towards the humble. And if we're continually to strive for this perfectionism, it's going to be a little bit harder to have that connection with the Lord. We're going to miss what he has for us on the journey. And so just humbling yourself and laying it as his feet. And Mark Batterson says something where if we give it to God, then we don't have to worry anymore because it's his now. He has to deal with it. It's his problem now. It's not our problem. So, you know, like we don't have to think about it anymore. It's really like, okay, Lord, I'm passing it off to you. And now you have to deal with this situation. And you say, you know, you say you're a good God. I know you're a good God. And I know you've got this. And so then we don't have to sweat it anymore because it is now in God's hands. And we can trust that it is in his hands. And so just having that humble heart and really just knowing that whatever we're striving for, like the Lord will take care of it and he will turn it to whatever good he wants for his glory and not ours. Yes, you are preaching to me right now. Yes. Yes, let's preach, girl. Let's preach. Yes, yes. So you did mention you have a book. So I want to give some time for you to talk about your book. It's called Breaking the Power of the Mask. Um, So if you could talk about a little bit what it is about and then where someone could purchase that and then any other ways that we can connect with you via social media, your website, or any kind of other offerings that you have. Yes. So that book comes from personal experience along the way of wearing a mask, an emotional mask to hide my pain. And that mask showed up as a perfectionist, as someone who was a performer, as a mask of strength. There was different sides that people saw on the outside to hide the insecurities that I struggled with and more so hide the pain that I was carrying for many years due to previous trauma and and losses that I experienced. And so the outside world never knew that Jocelyn was really struggling with all these things. But deep down inside, I was carrying this pain by myself. And when you hide your pain, not just from the outside world, but when you hide the pain from yourself by suppressing and denying that it exists, you can never heal. And so this book is about removing your emotional mask so that God can heal you from the shame, from the grief, from the disappointments. So God can help you if you need to forgive those who've harmed you, if you need to forgive yourself. It really talks about that process of beginning your healing journey. And I use that word, Erica, journey intentionally because that's what it is. Healing is a process. This life is a process. It's a journey. And so this book in particular connects the dots between the fact that we have to be authentic We have to find safe spaces so that we can share our sacred stories around our pain, around our fears, around our insecurities, so that God can really infiltrate those areas of our life that needs His touch so that we can come to a place of wholeness in Him. And so that's really what the book is about. Sounds like a fabulous book and one that I'm going to add to my bookshelf. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Yes, yes. So how can we connect with you via social media and your website and any kind of other services or offerings that you have? 
Sure. Yes. So uh, you can get my book on Amazon, but you can also visit my website, which is jocelynjjones.com. And there you can find information about some of the great things I'm working on. You can find a, a free workbook for my book, and you can learn about some of the other services that I'm offering. I have a number of projects, particularly around trauma and healing from trauma. I have a counseling company as well that you can get connected to if you're struggling with perfectionism and want someone to work with you to really renew your mind in that area. And so all these resources is more you can find on jocelynjjones.com or you can find me on Instagram at jocelynjjones. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing just your knowledge and your heart and your background on perfectionism. Really appreciate you being, you know, open and honest about your story to help me and others continue to fight this battle, (laughs) this daily, daily battle. Before we go, I would love to know, you know, I mentioned the joy of Jesus, and I am on this mission to help women find more joy in Jesus. And I would love to know just either through Jesus or an experience that you had today, what has brought you joy today? Mm. You know, I think what's brought me joy today is looking back over my life in God's faithfulness. I had some time to reflect, and I think that's something we all should do. It's just take stock on how God has brought us through. And He's been so good and patient with me, even though I haven't been the best myself. And so for me to be sitting here with you today, knowing that uh, three, four years ago, I couldn't fathom being in the position I am in. I am just so grateful for God's faithfulness and His timing. Because anyone who's listening right now, I want you to remember that God's timing is perfect. And even if you might not be where you want to be in this moment, God is with you. He is in this moment with you and that he's working on you so that whenever that breakthrough is time for it to take place, it'll be beautiful and it'll be just how it needs to be. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for that word. That was something that I definitely needed to hear. So. I appreciate you sharing that and what a good God he is. It it is so true in his timing. That's something that I've been battling um, as I'm building this business and entrepreneurship and just in life. And every day he shows up and shows me that, hey, I've got it. And it is in my timing and just so very thankful for him in his greater plan. And I don't want to be the one who holds the keys to that because... (laughs) That'd be a lot of work. So I'm so thankful that we have a good, good God that takes care of all of those details. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Again, thank you for sharing your story and helping us break through some of these perfectionist battles that we face every day. Thank you for having me, Erica. I don't know about you, but I feel a little lighter. As Jocelyn said, mistakes are inevitable. You can either view them as failures or as opportunities on this journey of life. Take time to reflect and ask yourself questions to determine where the pressure is coming from. Remember, God doesn't call us to be perfect. He calls us to go to Him. Growth and learnings are good things. Be open and lean on God's word when the anxiety to perform sets in. 
I'm so grateful you spent time today listening to this episode. If you were encouraged by what you heard, share the love with other ladies you know and send them the link to this episode. Just think how many more women could be blessed with faith-inspired encouragement. Love and prayers, Erica. Congrats on saying yes to a life filled with joy and Jesus. If you want more, head to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform to stay faith-inspired. And remember, faith is not just a belief, it's a lifestyle.